0: You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I'm really um, stirred to share the Word of God. If you got your Bibles in 1 John, 1 John, the, the, the letter of um, John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, him who wrote um, the Gospel of John, but also the three letters, 1 John, Second John, and 3 John. And um, he said of himself that he was the one that Jesus loved. And so he was really, really close to Jesus. We know that he, in the last supper he rested his che- his head on his chest. And um, that's, a, that's a close, intimate position to be able to rest your head on Jesus' chest. That the night he was going to be betrayed and he was going to be giving up his life for us. Um, I just want you to know that John had a real, real intimate walk with, with Jesus. But on top of that, John walked with Um, This is near the end of his life, I believe, when he writes this letter. And he walked with God intimately for many, many years. He was a very young disciple when he walked with Jesus and Jesus walked the earth. But by the time he wrote this letter, um, we know he had a, a powerful experience in the island of Patmos. You know, The book of Revelation was written out of his experience when they threw him in prison and put him in an island trying to shut up the word of God. But yet he has powerful encounters with God and was taken up in the Spirit and taken to heaven and saw the the throne of the Father and saw the end time worship, all of us in heaven, worshiping God. I mean, God's showing prophetic pictures for us to know about the end of the world. And he saw Jesus, not just the suffering servant, but the glorified King of kings, face shining like the sun, his eyes ablaze with fire. His legs were glowing in the bronze and like, like, like bronze in, the, in fire, like it would glow. His legs glowed. He didn't know how to explain it. It's just like bronze in the fire. You know, and, and he, he said, he said it, when he spoke, it was like the sound of many waters, waterfalls. This is Jesus, the glorified one. And he saw so much, and now he writes this letter. I don't want us just to read this letter. Oh, yeah, it's just a good letter. this letter is so powerful. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but um, it really it reveals some, something of the heart of God and the nature of God. And it gives us a glimpse, an insight of who God is, but how to walk with Him too, and empowers us how to walk with Him. It also teaches us against false teachers and false doctrines that are out there. And it tells you how to test the spirits. It tells you how to know not to fall into wrong teaching. Yeah. Really clear, really simple, but yet very powerful. When you get closer to God, it's not going to get more complicated. It's going to get more simple. Sometimes we think it's going to get more profound. But actually, in reality, when you get the more truth, the more simple, powerful truth, God's kingdom is built on his truth. So when you dive into verse 1, John starts, and it's a powerful book. It's six chapters. We're going to go through it in the next few weeks. Hopefully, we'll get through all of it because I think it will guide the church with strong understanding of the false teaching that can creep into some groups of people and they call themselves believers. And um, verse 1, it says, That which was from the beginning. That which was from the beginning. Now, what beginning is this? Is he referring to the beginning when he walked with Jesus on the earth, when Jesus bo- was born and he saw Jesus in the flesh? I think it's b- more beginning. I think that which is from the beginning, because we, we find out that it's f- this life was with the Father, and the life that was with the Father was manifested to us. So we're talking about that which is from the beginning with God. The life of God Himself. When you come across the word zoe, Z-O-E, it means God kind of life. We don't have a word in the English to explain it. it don't, you can't interpret it as just life. It's the God kind of life. I would interpret it with absolute life and the way God lives life. It's the God kind of life. That's the definition of Zoe life. That which was from the beginning, which that, and we're talking about the life that the Father walked in before he even created the angels. But at one point he created the angels. At one point he created the heavens. But he was alone for all eternity. And that blows your mind. But he was never ever had a beginning, that which was from the beginning. We're talking about God's life. It says, which we have heard and we have seen with our eyes. Now he's talking about walking with Jesus because God became a man. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So that's, that means he saw. that. Now he's talking about we have heard. We heard this life that was with the Father. We, we were there, man. We saw and we heard. He says, we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes. Can you just imagine him looking back and saying, man, when I think of Jesus, John, I'm talking about John, thinking we walked with Jesus. God became a man. We were his friend. We're not just his friend. We saw him do miracles. We saw him pressed hard against and yet he just showed love. which we have looked upon, our eyes looked upon, and our hands have handled. Yeah. We handled him. We touched him. We hugged him. We kissed him on his cheek. We heard his words. He's just really trying to, he's trying to bring something out that's really powerful. It says, concerning the word, or the logos, the, lo- the word of life, zoe life. We've, we've, we, we were there. We saw it. We tasted it. And he's saying all this because he has the life. The Zoe life that was with God was manifested or revealed, exposed. I'm going to give you keys. Please listen carefully. Write down if you want to write down. Write notes so that when you read this book, it will unlock. You don't read it with a surface view, but you'll read it with keys that open up this book so you go deeper. That's my intention. So when you read the word for yourself, you're going to go much, much deeper. Okay. Okay, that's what you should hunger for. Not just for tonight, okay, I'm going to feed me tonight. But when you get in the Word of God, you're going to get deep stuff that you wouldn't have because you received keys tonight, right? So concerning the Word of life, because The life, this Zoe life of God, the the absolute kind of life that God walked in was manifested. And we have seen it. And And not just we've seen it, but we bear witness and we declare to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. So now we know we're talking about this life that was with the Father. But we bear witness and we declare, we reveal it to you. We communicate the life we experience. We saw it, we heard him, we heard the word of life, we heard the life that was with the Father. It's like Jesus revealed the Father to us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know He didn't do anything except what he saw the Father do. So he was the express image of God, Hebrew says. And he, that's why it says here, and we declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, was revealed to us through Jesus. John's saying it, he, the life of God was revealed to us. Can you see how he's talking it up? And if you read the, the, la- the language he uses, is that which was, which we have seen. The life, and he talks about the life, and he talks about the eternal life, and he talks about that which we have seen and heard. We've seen and heard. We declare to you. Why do we declare it to you? So that you may have fellowship. The word fellowship is koinonia so that you can have partnership with us, John is saying, I'm reveal, I'm revealing this type of life that God had. I'm exposing it to you, I'm going reveal it to you, so that you can have cononia with us, partnership with us, and truly, our partnership, our cononia, that fellowship word, cononia means partnership, share together with the Father, because our partnership is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, if you know this life that John's writing, right? John, I'm talking like, John's trying to say, if you know this life that we know, I'm declaring it to you. I'm going to talk to you about the life that was manifested so that you can have cononia with us. But our cononia, our fellowship, our sharing was with God himself, the Father and the Holy Spirit. In other words, what you see in God and what you hear from God has to bring you into fellowship with God. You have to partner with God. You have to encounter God. It's no use you hearing and getting revelation and seeing a revelation and seeing something of God that doesn't allow you to encounter God. You can't just have head knowledge. Christianity is not just head knowledge. You've got to experience the reality. Every revelation is an invitation that you can experience God in that revelation. What you've seen, what you heard. I want to encounter God. I don't want to just have a head knowledge. I want to encounter the, the God whose love. Love is a powerful, powerful thing. I don't want to just, oh, I don't know love. I want to experience His love. I want His love to pour through me to touch people. So what we see and here, John is saying, what we see and what we hear, we have declaring it to you so that you may fellowship with us. But remember, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So what you and I see in here, what we can see in God, Every time you read the Word, you get a revelation. You're seeing something you never saw before. It's an invitation to encounter Him, to partner with God. It's a relationship, isn't it? You have to have a relationship. You have to encounter Him who is real and His his presence as a a person. We koinonia with Him. We fellowship with Him. Some people say fellowship means two fellows on a ship. You can't get more intimate than that. Well, a little, little ship, I hope just a little bit, you and him, and you've got no one else to look at, eyeball to eyeball, face to face, Talked, you know, like, you just got to talk. And that, when you think about that, that, you and God, just together, kononia, partnership, sharer, we're connecting. What? So when I get a revelation of God, it's uh, encouraging me to connect with him. But we connect with God as much as we want to. And so the problem, I suppose, is hunger. Do we have hunger? Do we have a thirst? If, if I don't have a hunger or a thirst, then I won't connect with him. So I would say, God, why don't I hunger and thirst for you? And, and John is going to give us some secrets. He goes, I love what he says, verse 4. He says, and these things, what things? These things we're talking about, what we've seen, what we've heard. What, what did he see and what did he hear? He heard the word of life. The life of God was manifested. And in this book, he reveals what this life is like. What's the life of God, the Father life? What is the life that God the Father lives? How does he live life? And it's revealed in this book. And he goes on to say, And these things we write to you so that your joy may be full. Man, I'm telling you, I'll encourage you strongly if I can. You cannot find real joy outside of a relationship with God. You just can't. Because the joy of God is connected to your relationship with God. I'm writing this. I want you to know this. Walking in the life of God and the way God lives His life, understanding the way God lives His life, you will walk in real joy. Real joy. Not fake joy. Not pretend. Not a put on. You didn't have to, it's not happiness. It's not something that happened to you as so I'm happy for a short period of time. It's a joy that resides in your spirit that can only be placed by God. It's connected to knowing God. It's a deep Rooted relationship with understanding the life of God. John's trying to say, John's trying to say, I want you to understand this because I want your joy to be full. The word joy is cheerfulness. We should be the most cheerful people on the planet, full of cheer, full of joy. The world wants it. There's a depression epidemic in the world, it's gone crazy. They want to medicate because they don't understand what joy is and they want to medicate it because of the depression that's in the world because it's all short-lived and the connection to joy I think is connected to God but eternity it's, it's eternal life it's got to be connected to the life that we have before God when we finish this life on earth if you live for the here and now you're not going to connect to the, the spiritual joy that's in heaven it's in the heart of God sorry I'm telling you now, if you live for the here and now, just temporary, everything's about now, and never think for eternity, never think for the rewards that you receive in heaven, or when you stand before Jesus, how many of us, I don't do it a lot, I'm just trying to encourage you what God does in my life, but how many of us, I should do it much more often, how many of us think about the last breath you'll ever breathe? Because what happens after you've breathed your last breath? I'll tell you what happens. If that was tomorrow... Or if it was in 50 years' time, you will breathe your last. Sometimes it's good just to remember and sober yourself and think, God, one day it's all over. One day I might be 120, I might be 100, I might be 90. I don't know. But one day, I trust I'm going to be 120. But one day, whether it's 120 or tomorrow, I've lived almost 50 years. 50 years went like that. Another 50 years is going to go on another click, a smoke, a puff. The Bible says, what's our life like? It's like a puff of smoke. It's here today, gone tomorrow. I just want us to sober our thinking with eternity and the way God the Father thinks. And he wants us to think, what happens if I was to breathe my last now? I'll tell you what happens. If you breathe your last now, your spirit will come out of your body. Your spirit looks exactly like you. Your spirit will come out. You'll see your body on the ground or on the bed or wherever you are. Angels will come to pick you up because you're a believer. If you're not a believer, demons will come and take you to hell. But if, you're not a, if you are a believer, angels will escort you to heaven. Some will fly direct, some will go into a chariot, but you'll go to heaven. Think about it for a second. And you'll stand before Jesus. And we'll give account to Jesus before the judgment seat of Christ. Just one second bang! it's all over. Nothing on earth is temporal. Just, I will give a, well, and I'll be in glory. And it'll be heaven. It'll be His throne. I'll see the Father face to face. You will see the Father face to face one day. It's as real as the next day you will live. I'll live tomorrow. It's as real as tomorrow will come. When I think about tomorrow, I think, oh, I'm not there yet. I don't, I've never experienced it. Next year, I'm not there yet. I think, in 10 years' time. Where will I be in 10 years' time? I'm not there But you know what? Surely, it'll come. Your life will end, surely. 100%. We can guarantee we will all die one day, hey? That's pretty good news. Just encouraged you there. But I just want us to think that, yes, we'll die. That's okay. We're not fearing death. Jesus defeated death. We don't have to be afraid of death anymore because we got life. We've already passed from death to life. We've done all the dying we can do. We just put this body down. We really do. It's just like a jacket. Take the clothes off and your spirit, bang, direct in the presence of Almighty God. We have to think like that. Because you'll, you'll live your life completely different on earth. If you live for the here and now, very up and down. Your emotions will go up and down, up and down. Oh, happy and down. Happy down. Good, great. Yeah, oh, the hard times. Oh. Even when you go through persecution, the Bible says rejoice. For great is your reward in heaven. So no matter what you face, if you get persecuted and people ridicule you and talk manner of evil against you and attack you and take your rights away or throw you in prison or bash you or kill you, Rejoice, because great. See, heaven is your reward in heaven. For us to understand this book, we have to be connected to the life of God. That's what I'm trying to get us to think, to think, one day we're all going to stand before God. This life is over. These, and the, when you understand this life that was with the Father... And it was manifested to us. When you read it in context, I'd encourage you to read this over and over. I'd I'd encourage you to stay there probably. Some of us need two hours a day on verse, probably chapter one. Two two hours a day is your medicine if if you want to receive the medicine of the word of God. Take two hours a day on this chapter for the next week. Actually stay in it for two hours. Don't read it in five minutes. Stay there for two hours. And just read it over and over, meditate, mull on it, think about it, fellowship with God, stop, pray, experience what you're reading. Encounter God, I want to encounter you God. I've just read something, let me experience what I've read. It says, these things, what things? These things I'm talking about, that which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have declared, which was with the Father, that was manifested to us. Now we reveal it to you, so that your joy may be full, because our fellowship is with the Father and you fellowship with us, but we're fellowship with the Father, so you're going to be fellowship with the Father. This, and he climaxed it. He's building and building and building and building. And in verse 5, he says, This is the message which we have heard from him. Remember, he's talking about what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've handled. We've actually handled the word of life. The life was with the Father, it was manifested to us. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. You want to hear it? You probably already read it. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Yeah. This is how big this revelation is. You might think that's nothing. This is big. The God is light. In Him, there's no darkness at all. That's a big revelation. Doesn't sound like it's big, does it? God is light. God is Light. You want to have a revelation of God? Remember I said, to get deeper in God, you get more simple? God is light. And in Him, not an ounce of darkness. It's not, and the word darkness there, when you convert it, when you read this book, the theme is love and, and, and darkness, light, love and selfishness. Love lays down His life for His fellow man. Hate is the opposite Hate does not lay down his life. So ha- when you hate a brother, says, and no one, if you hate someone, uh, you're a murderer. And everyone knows no murderer will make it into heaven. But the definition of hate is completely different the way we define hate. The word hate means when you've got this world's goods and you do not lay, up, you do not lay down your life for your brother that's in need. That's the definition of hate. To not lay down your life for someone else. When you've got it. So you're, you're not loving in word and deed, but you're loving indeed. Not loving in word and tongue, but you're loving indeed and in truth. When you have this world's goods and your brothers in need, how can you say the love of God dwells in, you, dwells in you if you don't give them what you have? That's what it's saying. So the definition of light is that God is love, absolute, perfect love. And in him, there's no selfishness at all, not for a second, not for a day, not for a moment. He's never had a th- selfish thought in his life. It's God. God is, you can go on and on and on, but God is joy. And in God, there's never been a depressed moment ever. Never a sadness, never. God is peace, never a thought of anxiety, never a thought of worry, never a thought of, this, of, of, of stress. Not one. God's not stressing over Middle East Never ever do, what am I going to do not once? Just God is light. God is peace. There's no stress in Him whatsoever. How are you going to define what God? if God is light? What are we talking about? We're talking about His character. God is love. There's no selfishness in God. We've got to sort of once and for all define who God is. God has no sickness to give anybody. So never ever be tempted to think, God put sickness on someone, or oh, maybe God put this on me to teach me something. No, God hasn't got no sickness to give you. Where's he going to get sickness from? Sickness is of, of the dark. It's darkness. It's from this fallen world because of spiritual, sin, because of sin and death. So God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all. And you can also say um, God is—you know—obviously, if God is light, He never ever sins. God never sins. You know that, eh? Obviously, it's impossible for God to lie. Right, the Bible says, "You get in this, that God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. He's just so pure, He's so beautiful. His perfection. words fail us to express who He is. It really does. The God you and I worship spoke the universe into existence. The God you and I worship spoke the planet, this sun that's quite powerful, but without that sun, that sun just that ball of gas just exploded, We all die. But God spoke that into existence. And This planet's much larger than the sun, and and you know what I'm saying like wow, but that's what God spoke into existence. Imagine God, imagine standing before the throne of God. And the Bible says the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, in the in the Book of Revelations, the city of God. God makes His throne among His people. God. Now I I I I I don't know I. My mind can't comprehend God, but somehow, obviously, God, the Father, as a person, has allowed himself to sit on a throne that we can interact with. And when I, say, when it, when I, when I think of a throne, I think more of a home. I don't think throne like he's far off on this throne and he's hard to reach. I think of, it's just his home. He's made his home with his people. The Bible actually says that about the city of God there's mansions he's created mansions there's cities there's roads there's streets there's buildings there's, there's temples temples meaning uh buildings where people go and worship the living god for all eternity we're going to live in that city that city is coming from heaven to this earth it's in the bible you believe the bible every time you read the bible you're going to believe every word that's in the bible even if all the teaching you've ever heard is contrary to what the bible says i've got to believe the bible How do we stay on track unless you believe what the Word of God says, even if the whole teaching is against what the Bible says? Because Jesus is perfect theology. The Word of God would never change. And so when I think of God as light and Him as no darkness at all, I think that God made us in His image and His likeness. I believe that. Do you believe that God made you in His image and His likeness? So when God stooped down and breathed into Adam, the breath of life, man became a living soul. The spirit that we were given was come from the very heart of God, the very very breath of God. The word spirit means wind, it means breath, it means spirit. It actually means breath. So God breathed into us and and inside of us, Adam and Eve was clothed with the glory of God, in the image, in the likeness of God. But you've got to remember, Jesus resurrected us. We were spiritually dead, but he made us alive. So now my spirit, your spirit is light. I can fellowship with God. You can fellowship with God. You can connect with God. You can cononeer with God. You can partner, share with God. Because yes, he's light and in there's no darkness at all. But we have the God-given ability to connect relationally with God. Because he made us in his image and his likeness. So I don't, I don't want to just read the scripture and then, oh yeah, great. But I want to experience that. I want to be able to go in my prayer time and go, God, let me experience your light. You made me in Your image. God, just pour your light into me. Which means, pour your love, your joy, your peace, your nature, your presence. Let me experience you. Depending how hungry you are and how much faith you have to receive, you'll either ask or you won't ask. If you don't ask, you don't receive. But if you ask, you receive to the measure of the faith you have. Are you following? God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all, at all. He's just like revealing who God is. This is the revelation. It's like, this is it. This is that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've t- t- handled, the very life of the Father. What is this revelation that we've touched and t- handled and we've heard the, we've handled the word of life? It actually is the fact that God is light and that God walks in love. And if He walks in love, we should also walk in love. That's what this book's about. If you don't believe you can walk in love, you never will. If you don't believe it's possible to walk like Jesus walked, then you never will. The Bible, This book says twice. It actually says, he who says, verse 6 of chapter 2, he who says he abides in him, if you say you abide in him, which if you're a believer, you should say that I abide in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Why would it say that if it's not possible for you to walk like Jesus? Because before that it says this, if we say that we have fellowship with him, Kononia partnership, sharing with God, and walk in darkness, we lie. We do not do the truth. We do not practice the truth, sorry. So I'll say it again. If we say that we have fellowship with God, Koinonia with God, we connect and we have relationship with God, but we choose to walk in darkness, then we lie and don't practice truth. Because to the degree that I choose to walk in darkness, remember God's no, no darkness at Him at all. There's no darkness in Him at all. So if I choose to walk in darkness, to that degree, I've chosen not to walk with Him. It's all about fellowship. It's not about precision. It's not about salvation. It's just about fellowship, relationship. not talking about salvation. We're just talking about to the degree I choose. If I choose sin, if I choose to meet my own need, that's what sin is, meet my own need in my own strength. If I choose to do that, to that degree, I'm not fellowshipping with God. Because God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all. Now, if you keep that thought, because this is all about fellowship and relationship, verse 7, most people read wrongly, I think. Look what it says. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Which one another? Most people read, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It's not talking about this one another's. It's talking about this one another. It's all about you and God. The context, I'm telling you, the context, you read it, meditate, stay there for a while until the Holy Spirit shows you. The context is about you and the Father's fellowship. If we, say, if we say we have fellowship with Him, the context is you and Him. And walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, does God walk in all the light He has? He's got 100% light, no darkness in Him at all, and He always walks in it. He always is obedient to His light true he wouldn't be god if he didn't walk in the light that he had he can't lie cannot lie and remain god if god sinned my understanding of if god's i don't believe it's possible for god to sin but if he sinned the whole universe would explode implode uh, atoms would blow up explode because it all uphold by the power of his word god is light the power of that light is the fact that he walks in light so what god expects of you the light you have if god can walk in the light he's got the light god has given you you have the ability to walk in the light, the little revelation light that you have, to walk in the revelation. The, the word light means revelation. Why? Because the entrance of thy word, the entrance of your word is a lamp to my feet. The entrance of your word is a light to my pathway. So all it is, is revelation. Understanding God, getting a, a revelation of God. And it's through revelation you enter relationship. So we walk in the light, understanding of who God is. We, when we get a revelation, we have the a, the. The God-given ability to walk in it. Now that doesn't mean you walk perfect not talking about that necessarily, because the Bible says, "And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son cleanses us from all sin. We, when you walk in the light that, when you, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, me and God, you and God, and the blood of Je- if there is any sin, unknown sin, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Sin is not the issue anymore. There's no, there's, there's no sin problem that stops you from connecting with God. Unless you think there's a sin problem. Because if you sin, it tells us further down. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, with God, because we're walking in the light that we have, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, but yet have broken fellowship with God, this is what it's referring to. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin... I've no sin, but yet I've broken fellowship with God because God is light and in Him there's no darkness. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if there is a sin problem, there's something in the way. If we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's good news. When I think about... If we confess our sins, what stops you from confessing your sins to God? Think about it for a second. Why is God asking, all you have to do is confess your sin? That's all you have to do. Just confess your sin to me. I'll tell you why I believe that's so important. Because pride stops you from confessing your sin. Darkness is stopping you from confessing the darkness out of you. That's stopping the fellowship. If me and my wife have an argument... And we, you know, we get upset with each other. We're still married. It doesn't make us unmarried. Our position is husband and wife. But our fellowship might be tainted or um, hindered. But if I've done something wrong, which is never the case, I'm (laughs) just trying to see if you're listening. If my wife has done something right, which is never the case. (laughs) Let's say one... Let's say like we misunderstand each other. We disagree, whatever. She thinks she's right. I think I'm right. What stops me from admitting I'm wrong? Pride. What's pride? It's darkness. So darkness, pride, spirit of pride, pride and fear, because if I do make myself vulnerable, she might, make, she might um, you know, um, take advantage of me. So fear stops me. That's also a bad spirit. Pride is from darkness. That's also a bad spirit. So pride's stopping me from confessing the pride out of me. So all God's saying is, humble yourself and admit I'm right and you're wrong. That's why he loves it when you confess your sin. Because you humble yourself, God, I, I'm wrong. I messed up here. I, I took this in my own strength. I tried to provide my own need. I was playing God in this moment. Lord, I'm so sorry. I walked in darkness because I didn't trust you for my provision. That's what sin is. Sin is taking it in your own hands and meeting your own need. Because you don't trust the Father that is a good God. It's a beautiful God. He's an amazing God. But how does trust come? It comes through revelation. Yeah. And trusting him in the little things, and you see him come through, and then you trust him a bit more. That's why we walk in the light as he is in the light. God, God, we, we can't, God can't expect us to walk in the light that God has, So I don't have that light. But God does expect us to walk in the light that we have. It doesn't mean we're perfect, because if you miss up, the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And if we confess our sins, which is pride that's stopping you from confessing and all that, He is faithful. And again, your faith is in Him, not in yourself. Most believers, the problem is you, you, you keep your eyes on yourself, you, your feelings. So you confess your sins and the devil whispers in your ear, do you feel forgiven? Yeah, you're a hypocrite. You're going to do that again. You don't even mean that. You've done that before. How many times have you done that? How many times are you going to ask God to forgive you for that? This is the devil's accusing voice. And if you listen to me... Am I going to do that again? Uh, I have done that before a few times. Well, you're going to do it again. Am I going to do it again? Do you feel forgiven? Check your feelings. God hasn't forgiven you. Haven't. Hasn't God forgiven me? Check your feelings. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel forgiven. What am I doing? Just going by my feelings. Your feelings are a result of your thought. Whatever you and I allow ourselves to think on, our feelings follow. So if I'm thinking, am I, am I You going to do that again? Am I going to do it again? And I'm second guessing myself. God doesn't love me. And you've done that before. How many times have you asked God to forgive you? And all this sort of guilt, shame, blah, blah, it's vomit. It really is. It's just pure spiritual blah. We let the demons vomit over us thinking it's nothing, but it's pure vomit. Guilt, shame is not from God. So what we got to do is say, God, remember feelings are a result of thought. My mind my feelings will follow what I allow myself to think on. If I think of my, pa- my dad who passed away young, I can feel grief. If I think of, you know, something, a nice, pleasant time in my life, I f- the feelings follow. True? You can smell aroma back in 20 years ago. You get the thoughts. Just a perfume will remind you of something. Be careful of that. But what is it doing? It's triggering a thought and the, thought follow, the feelings follow the thought. The feelings follow thought. So what's really, really powerful, your mind can't do two things at the same time in, with your spirit. If you make a decision from your spirit, to make a decision to trust God, your mind will follow. Who's in control? Your spirit. Your mind has to listen. Like if you try, tell me your name out loud, just if we can do this exercise. Count up to ten, silently in your mind, but tell me your name out loud. Try doing it. What happens to your counting when you tell me your name out loud? So you're making a decision to tell me your name out loud. Your counting in your mind has to stop to listen to what your mouth's got to say. So when you say, Father God, you said, what am I doing? My focus is in God. God, you said, this is what you told me. That if I confess my sins, you'd be faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, Father, thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm cleansed. Thank you that I'm washed right now. Where's my faith focused on? God and his word. Yeah. And so what's what my feeling going to do? It's going to follow where my faith is. But if I let the devil lie, oh, do I feel forgiven? Oh, you might not do it again. Then I'll never feel forgiven. You receive forgiveness by faith. That's why, the, that's why, John, that's why he's trying to say, just confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. It's a faithful God. Sin has been dealt with. If, verse 10, this is so important as a foundation, you've got to be a strong Christian. If we say that we have not sinned, but we've broken fellowship with him, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It's actually about fellowship. If we say we have not, I haven't sinned, but, uh, but you've broken fellowship with God? No, no, God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If you've broken fellowship, you've moved away. Not God. That's why the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God never, draw, he doesn't move away from us. We move away from him. That's so, why draw near to God, he would draw near to you. Verse 1 of chapter 2, remember the thoughts, uh, don't, don't, um, chapter 2 is not a new thought. It's just there so we can do a Bible study. We put the scriptures in. We put the chapter, sorry, the chapter and verse, man put that in so we can go turn to chapter 4 and find verse 5. That's the only reason why it's there. But when he was writing it, he says, my little children, I love this. These things I write to you so that you may not sin. Listen to his strength. Listen to his faith. These, my little children, these things I'm writing to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, not when you sin. Isn't that interesting? He could have said when you sin. It means everyone's prone to sin. He didn't say that. He says if you sin. I think it's a difference in words. If you sin, the issue with sin is we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Woo! But even if you mess up, we got Jesus, the righteous one, the advocate, the lawyer, the intercessor. He's standing before God in your place anyway. When we read, I mean, this morning we're worshiping and it says that Jesus is victorious. He was the victorious one, or something about it is his victory, you know? But you got it, wasn't it? Yeah, your name is Victory because Jesus won the victory. But we have to really remember Jesus did not have to win the victory for himself. He didn't have to die on the cross for his sin. He represented mankind and won the battle and won the victory for your sin. His victory is not his victory by himself, his victory is our victory. We've got victory over sin. He defeated sin and death for us in our place. That's why Ephesians, Ephesians, you read Ephesians 1 and 2 and you'll see the, the, the gospel in there and the mystery of the gospel, the fact that Paul believed in the same way that Jesus was resurrected and raised up in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, you who were dead in your sins were also resurrected and raised up far above principalities and powers and might and dominion. Death, cancer, AIDS, any disease known to man, Is put under your feet because you're far above principalities and power. Paul could hug someone that fell off a third-story building and died, and he went and hugged him and brought him back to life. That's the revelation he had. We need to have the same revelation. We need to know God in this same manner. And it says, verse 2, And he himself is the propitiation for our sin, like the atonement of our sin. He himself is the atonement. He's the one that gave himself up for us. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. It's actually the same connotation of chapter 1. It's saying, if you, if you say you walk in him and, and you walk in, in si- sin, then you, to the degree that you choose to walk in sin, you're not walking in fellowship with him. And that's why it's saying, he who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But, it, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If you say you walk with him, we've got we to obey him. And the whole book, when we go through this whole book next week, is powerful because it, it, it talks about if you say you love him, you will obey him, and his commandments are not burdensome. You've got to get out of your mind that walking with God is hard, so hard. You're talking about the God of the universe. It's not hard. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Yeah. How can light be harder than darkness? you have got to renew our mind. Yeah. I need to renew my mind because sometimes the darkness is hard. No, it's not. Walking in darkness is a far greater pain and, and penalty than walking in light. Light is always reward and glory and presence. But if we think it's hard, guess what? It's going to be hard our value system isn't connected to heaven yet but when your value system everything you do you filter your mind through the value system of heaven and how god views it it's not hard you'll go through the endure the pain you'll go through the suffering you'll go through the persecution you'll go through the ridicule you'll go through anything i'm telling you you'll go through death if you have to because you're you're connected to the value of how it's going to please your father and the eternal rewards that are connected to our obedience here on earth. Here and now, and in the life to come. It's not just the life to come, here and now. Amen? I hope you got a lot out of it, but I, I, I can only encourage you, read this book. Get it for yourself. Don't take. oh, well, Leo said that's what it says. No, you need to get the revelation. Amen? That's why faith, I'm trying to impart that faith to get you to read the word and go, you know, I'm going to believe what the Bible says. And God will show you. He'll speak to you the way you need to hear. He's going to show you things the way only you can see. And you're going to hear things that only you can hear. And you can share with others what God shows you about himself. Amen. Can we pray for you? Father, we thank you for your awesome, awesome word. Lord, it stirs me up. It really encourages me when I meditate in your word. And, And Lord, you show me some glimpses of who you are like. And what you were like and your nature, your love towards us, your commitment towards us, your mercy, your grace, that Jesus defeated sin and death in our place for us on our behalf so we can live in victory, so we can live victorious over sin. Father, the sin is not the issue anymore. It's not the problem anymore between us and you. There's nothing in the way between our relationship and you, Father. Remind us that you are light And in you, there's no darkness at all. And you invite us into this intimate love relationship with God who is light. Father, help us to hate sin in the same way you hate sin. Help us to hate selfishness in the same way you hate selfishness. Help us to love living the life that you live by laying down our life for others, Lord, to love one another, to lay down our life like we've never laid down our life before for one another in the little things and in the big things, Father. At home and in the mission field, help us to love one another, we pray. Teach us your love. Manifest your love, Father, we pray. Show us your love to GGC Life Church. Show it to the church across this nation and the nations of the world, we pray. In Jesus' name.